Nixon Tire USA, we got you. Find out more about the Nixon Tires that are on the 2021 Jeep Talk Show Gladiator, the Nixon Tire Rodian MTX at NixonTireUSA.com. The Jeep Talk Show has made all kinds of special announcements over the years. If I would love to add them to my collection, but I doubt, I doubt they'll let me, you know. And this is one of them. Pretty cool. Yeah. We're constantly working to provide you with fresh new content. Yeah, I mean, it's cool, and it feels real good. And coming soon, a familiar face and a new name joins the show. Oh, God, no. Who's it going to be? I mean, I do 8590 down the interstate. Find out in the coming week. So you, you guys made me quit welding, so can I can I go back or what's the deal here? You're listening to a 4x4, 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Are you ready? It's the Jeep Talk Show with Wendy. There will be body damage. Josh. Yeah, I don't think so. And Tony. I think that's a huge deal. So sit back, strap in, and brace yourself. The Jeep Talk Show is the official podcast to Mr. Vanderquack. Keep listening for updates about Mr. Vanderquack and his mission to help the children at St. Jude. Go to MrVanderquack.com. That's MRVanderquack.com. The Jeep Talk Show is the official podcast of Toledo Jeep Fest. The Toledo Jeep Fest coming up the weekend of August 12th. What a great Jeep event you don't want to miss. Go to ToledoJeepFest.com for more information. I'm Chris, and I just got back from the Toledo Jeep Fest Hype Fest at Jeep It Easy. Hey, I'm Tony, and uh, in this episode, I interview a big name off-road, both being off-road and selling great updates for your off-road jeep tony pellegrino of genright.com all right chris uh speaking of toledo jeep fest oh yeah well so you went to a, an event uh this uh this past week a weekend that we uh, we just went through and uh you went out there were you walking around talking uh, saying uh hey did you know the jeep talk show is the official podcast of this event I may have mentioned it to a few of the folks, absolutely. <laughs> and you were actually on one of their live videos uh, out there at the event Well, uh, as well. What was it? It was the Toledo uh, Hype uh, hype Bash, a hype event. I can't remember. Yeah, what, 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 hype, hype Fest, Hype Bash. They're doing some great promotional uh, activities in and around Toledo. This one was just uh, at uh, Jeep It Easy, which is an outfitter uh, uh, local to uh, Michigan. Might as well be Ohio, very, very close to the Ohio-Michigan border. And they've been doing events at the um, minor league hockey games in Toledo just to get folks excited about the Jeep Fest coming up in August. So it was a little bit of a swap meet. Jeep Show and Shine had some awards. I had a little bit off-road course. Uh, they had a Death Wobble 2000, as I call it. Um, this facility had a, a two-mile banked oval, and uh, the Jeep Parade was a uh, 60- to 70-mile run around the oval for a couple of laps. So it was re- really neat just getting folks excited about Jeeps and uh, Jeep Fest. Yeah, was the turnout pretty good? It was very good. I would estimate they had 100-plus Jeeps in the Show and Shine and uh, had uh, a half dozen to eight vendors, had food trucks, uh, had displays. They were doing a really neat process, dry ice blasting, which uh, can get some posted up on the um, on the show. Uh, the show notes uh, was, was pretty cool. So you actually shared a lot of uh, pictures from, from out there, and uh, we put those up on uh, our on the Jeep Talk Show Facebook and Jeep Talk Show Twitter. 
nothing on the TikTok uh, uh, because that's uh, no no real videos to put up and uh, uh, didn't have time to make a, a photo montage to, to put up there. But uh, some really cool looking Jeeps out there. You know, it's funny how, how uh, nice the CJs look, but I guess it really depends on the amount of time and effort you put into either uh, restoring them or keeping them up. Yeah, two of the CJs, I know you uh, the photos you posted uh, i was talking to the owners and one of them was a was a survivor with mostly original paint and about thirty thousand miles on it oh my uh, really God. really nice examples i believe it was the black one and in, in the photo really really nice examples of uh Jeep history. You know, uh, it's just my personal opinion, but I think that's almost a crime to the Jeep to only have 30,000 miles on it and have that many years uh, since it was built. I mean, the poor thing's been sitting in the garage wanting to go off-road for all those years and hadn't had much chance to, to, to do that, I think. I agree. I absolutely agree. Yeah. It's nice seeing those vehicles, and it would be really fun owning one, but uh, I'd still feel bad about It's almost as bad as, uh, as uh, Chuck with his uh, Jeep desk. You know, there's a, a cold, dead Jeep that'll never see the road again that uh, somebody's uh, ornamenting their office with. Yes, yes. It reminds me of a great, <laughs> a great joke from Jay Leno on his uh, one of his YouTube channels. And he, he talks about how much he drives his rare uh, cars. I, we don't know yet if he has any Jeeps, but he puts a lot of miles on. You know, he's got a one of eight Corvette or something. And uh, he made a joke. Someone was giving him some grief about driving the cars. And his response was, well, hey, is your wife still a virgin, too? So, I mean, that's... That, uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, and and I think whenever you get that much money, it doesn't hurt as bad if you go out there and something happens to it. Uh, it's still going to hurt, but it's not as bad. Exactly. Uh, if there's one, there's probably two, is, is what I say. So, uh, not wives, but, but vehicles. So, if you have one vehicle, then you can probably find another one and have it restored. And you go through the whole excitement of, uh, of that, uh, that again, even if somebody else is doing the... Uh, uh, the the restore or better yet the resto mod all right chris well uh, are you excited about this uh, tony pellegrino interview i've been hyping it up here i've spoken about it a few times on the show uh since it happened it was just such an exciting interview uh there was a lot of good information and it was like talking to an old friend i am i am i mean Genrite it's a solid company they got great products for jeep and the, the king the king of the hammers and the racing is is awesome too not not my thing. I'm slow and curious, not fast and furious <laughs> with what I do, but uh, it's neat to watch every time the King of the Hammers comes around each year, and it's just it's cool to, to really understand more what goes into those vehicles in preparation to do something like that. Yeah, well, you're about to hear me offering to, to drive uh, one of his uh, King of the Hammers rigs, uh, you know, for free, of course, <laughs> <laughs> here in the interview. So uh, let's get to it. From around the world... Or from your city. And sometimes just down the street. Howdy, neighbor. It's the Jeep Talk Show interview. Alrighty, ho, boys and girls. It's time for another Jeep Talk Show interview. And tonight we're going to be talking with uh, Tony. And I was going to ask you before, is it Pellegrino? It is. That's good. Holy crap. I can't pronounce last names. That's that's (laughs) That's something special for this interview. So, Tony, not me, but Tony Pellegrino, is born and raised in Southern California, married for 35 years, and has two boys. He is the founder and president of Genrite Off-Road that specializes in top-quality aftermarket Jeep products. 
He has been in manufacturing for the last 35 years, enjoys the hell out of going to Las Vegas and getting into trouble with his industry friends at CMIT. This is why I was asking you about Greg Henderson, because it just sounded like these that he might be one of the ones you get in trouble with. He's definitely one of the culprits. <laughs> yes. Yes. In, in Tony's spare time, he enjoys riding his Harley to Sturgis with his buddies each summer. Oh, that, that just has to be a hell of a life there, Tony. That is really fun. <laughs> Tony has been an off-roader since the age of five and a Jeep owner since 1999. He has raced King of the Hammers over 10 times and stood on the podium multiple times. That doesn't, that's not a couple of times. He's not saying exactly, but multiple times. So that's something. I mean, just, just driving in it is something. You can find it's out more. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You can find out more about Tony and Genrite Off-Road, Inc. by visiting their website, genrite.com. And that's right, like you're doing it right genrite.com i don't know why i'm repeating all that everybody knows where genrite is everybody knows about genrite it's a big deal uh, so tony thank you very much for making time for us yeah of course of course now I, i'm you know this is going to be my wife is going to think that i'm talking to myself because i'm going to be saying tony a lot <laughs> and this is the first time we've done an interview with a tony now i asked is you it but, really yeah yeah wow. I, I, well it was so it's such an uncommon name there was nobody in my high school with the name of tony or even an anthony as far as i can recall or maybe they went by anthony which leads me to the question i asked you before we do did the interview uh your name is actually anthony it is yeah, yeah. mine yeah. is actually tony as i told you so uh, i think what i said was my, my parents couldn't afford all those extra uh, letters so they just called me tony so uh, this, I'm not <laughs> like going to call you Anthony. My, only my mom calls me that when I'm in trouble. I was just going to say, I'm not going to call you Anthony. I don't want you to, to freak out and think you're in trouble here because you're not. <laughs> this friend's here. So, yeah. uh, so Tony, I hate to even ask you this because I get the feeling it's going to be a multiple choice. Uh, what is, surely you own a Jeep. Uh, let's, let's say, what is your favorite Jeep that you own? Oh, boy. Um, yeah, I do. I own several and... Uh, Right now, it's a toss-up between my Terramoto JKU and my Aftershock JLU. Um, they both have their attributes. Um, you know, obviously, my Terramoto is a fully built, you know, LS3, 640 horse, uh, super fast, super fun. Uh, where the JL or Aftershock JL is, is uh, you know, it's got giant 3.0 uh, IBP coilovers on it and it rides really nice. It's got all the creature comforts of a JL, and uh, it's pretty plush. My my wife, you know, really enjoys that one. Oh, I bet. So, my wife is yeah. really enjoying our 2021 uh, Jeep Gladiator. Um, she has. A, I'm sure she has a 2003 TJ, which she absolutely loves. Uh, but uh, when she, anytime she, I actually she's driven it since I've been working at home. She's driven the the Gladiator more than I have, uh, which which is fine with me. I'm glad she enjoys it. Yeah, that's cool. They they drive awfully nice. I mean, these days they've got it pretty dialed in. That's for sure. Yeah, they really do. So I, I would I would assume that you have a wrap or something on, on your your Jeep. But what is the color of your favorite Jeep? Uh, well, my favorite Jeep would be uh, Candy Apple Red, which was my Growler YJ that my oldest son Jamie now drives. 
So, um, but my, my Terramoto has a base color of yellow, but is wrapped, yes, in red, white, and blue right now. Oh, well, you can't go wrong with that. But, can't uh, go wrong with that. But I want to say, <laughs> the, your answer of red was the right answer. So, thank you for playing the game, Tony. <laughs> yeah, awesome. My co-hosts have, a, a, one has a white Jeep and the other two have black Jeeps, which is always uh, the wrong answer. It, Jeeps, <laughs> Jeeps are either red or they want to be. You know, or they want to be. <laughs> they want to be. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that is really, really exciting. Now, so I got it. You know, the King of the Hammers just happened. Uh, did did you were you out there this year, or, or have have you uh, uh, been doing stuff like making money instead? <laughs> uh, well, a little of both, right? So um, this year I did not race. Um, this is one of the few years that I didn't. But I was there to support my youngest son, Jordan, who races a a really high-tech, unlimited-class car. It's a four-wheel independent suspension, 805 horsepower, just a crazy machine. And, um, you know, he, he's out there. He qualified in the top, I don't know, top 10 or top 5. Very, he always qualifies really good. The car is really, really fast. So, But it's also very complex. So, um, you know, last few years, he's been really struggling to get to the finish line because there's lots of little things that you know haunt him right now so but we've been working those bugs out and um he's young he's only 23 years old so he's got a long racing career ahead of him so what do you what do you do to keep the chafing from driving with your balls against the wall the the entire race <laughs> you don't wear any underwear <laughs> <laughs> commando so the uh, do you have any concerns about your your son out there racing i mean i know you know how how it works uh being out there but and that that sometimes can ge- be even more concerning yeah in fact it it is dangerous um i've had some horrendous crashes out there um you know they, they do have some pretty strict safety requirements and it's probably the reason I survived those crashes, um, but, you know, it's just, it goes with the territory. I mean, I used to, you know, you mentioned earlier, I, I started off-roading at age five where I raced dirt bikes, you know, in the desert since then, and um, that's that's super dangerous, too. So, yeah. um, to me, racing these things with a cage around you and, you know, all the safety equipment feels a lot safer than racing a dirt bike, that's for sure. Or, or just riding a motorcycle to Sturgis. I mean, you're taking your life yeah. in your hands there, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a much more leisurely pace. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Certainly. Yeah. So, is yeah. there is is uh, and I don't want to I don't want you giving away any racing secrets here, but is it? I know you try to build a vehicle that will make it uh, through all the King and the Hammer stuff, but is it kind of luck of the draw? I mean, is it just you know anything can happen, and you can make a wrong decision and go the the wrong way, or or not see something that you should have seen and hit it. And cause the 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 vehicle to be uh, out of the running, or at least uh, damaged until you can get it fixed. Is, is it? Can you actually engineer something well enough where you you don't have to worry about luck of the draw? So that's that's an excellent question, and and it's uh, kind of multifold, right? So first off, it, if you were to talk to somebody like Robbie Gordon, he would say it's all in the prep. So you've got to make sure every bolt. Every screw, every every detail on the car has to be looked after. Um, that is super important. In fact, um, when we're getting the car ready to go to the race, we replace every rotating component. So that's every drive shaft, every belt, every alternator, 
you know, fan, anything that spins gets replaced for sure. Mm -hmm. has to be brand new. Then when it's brand new, we get it out to the lake bed for the race and it has to run a hundred miles. If it doesn't run a hundred miles, we don't trust it because a lot of the time things fall apart in that first hundred miles. So then on top of that, you've got to uh, drive smart, right? So you're, you're talking about a very high horsepower um, machine that, that has a lot of components to it. And uh, you've got to use that horsepower when you need it. And uh, a lot of the time, you know, you've, you can get into a situation where, you know, things are bound up or whatever. And if you just press that pedal down, you know, something's going to let go. So you've really got to be smart and make good choices. Um, and then on top of that, you know, you're going fast. So in a lot of the time, you're not in the clear air, you're in the dust. So now your, your likelihood of hitting something, you know, a rock, a bush, a rut, you know, a ditch, you know, just something out, cactus, whatever out there, um, and damaging your car somehow that uh, maybe maybe even at the time you hit it, it doesn't rear its ugly head, but through a 10, 12-hour day, you know, that's going to wear and tear and eventually, you know, let go and, and leave you not being able to finish the race. So a lot of things have to go your way. You've got to be after that prep. And, uh, you know, hopefully you said your prayers and dotted your I's and crossed your T's and uh, you'll get to the end. So you mentioned something about rotating items. What about sensors? Uh, do you, uh, I mean, sensors can be critical for the engine to perform properly. Do you uh, replace all the sensors and are, are they all like OEM type sensors? Um, but that's also a good question. So the, the sensors on the motor, um, we, will, we only trust the factory GM uh, sensors because, yep. uh, you know, we're running an LS platform. Um, <clears throat> the rest of the car is outfitted with uh, a system called MOTEC, M-O-T-E-C. And it's a very high-end system that monitors everything on the car. And I'll give you an example. Um, one of the, the common failures during the race, because you're bouncing around so much, is the fuel pump. Well, our cars have the ability, and so, so does my, uh, my, my Terramoto JK, has the ability, if it senses a three-pound drop in fuel pressure, it automatically fires the backup pump, and oh, you, as a driver, never even nice. notice a difference. I was just going to ask if, what, you, if you could do a backup pump. No, oh, that's really cool. <laughs> it's really, there, so there, there's, there's backups of everything. You have two batteries, two radiator fans, two transcooler fans, you know, two fuel pumps. You've, you've got duplicate systems throughout the whole vehicle. And um, then the, the MoTeC display will tell the co-driver there's been an error. So, for instance, um, the fuel pump would fail for several reasons, right? One is it, it sucked up some dirt in the tank. And then what will happen is the, when that gets into the fuel pump, it'll seize. So the, the co-driver will see a red light and a warning that says, you know, something's happened with fuel pump one and it's fired over to fuel pump two. The other thing that could happen is, um, you know, the fuel pump just plain comes apart. Or sometimes if you hit them real hard, like on a rock, then uh, they'll stall and just kind of seize up. Um, we've also had situations where the, the fuel tank is filled with foam, and that foam will start to come apart and clog the filter. Right. So what will happen is, is the, the fuel pump will be working harder as the filter gets clogged, and we'll see that spike in the amount of amperage it's pulling, 
and then it'll eventually quit, and then it'll fire the second pump. So we can look at all this stuff, and when we come into a pit stop, the guys can look at it and say, okay, here's what happened. There was a stick in the fan on the radiator, or the fuel you know, filter was clogged, or whatever the case may be. So um, it's, a, it's a great tool for us to diagnose you know, what's happening. And uh, they can literally pull it up on a laptop and, and like, see everything that's going on. So it's, uh, it's really high-tech. So there's yeah. no, there's no uh, statistical information or, or sensor information being sent uh, live. It's, it's whenever they get into the pit, uh, they can look it up. Well, we can see it live in the car. So if the, if the co-driver wants to page on the display, he can see what everything's happening. Now, the, the MoTeC is really, really... High tech. I, I, I can't even, you know, in this conversation, have enough time to explain everything. But I'll, I'll tell you this. In the old days, when we were on the start line, what you'd do is you'd flick on all the fans, you know, the pumpers, you know, basically everything that's electrical and drawing on the alternator and the batteries, you turn them all on right at the start because the moment you get going, you can't pay attention to that stuff. Well, the MoTeC has the ability to start turning things on so that it doesn't spike the electrical system. It also has the ability that if it sees a problem with the electrical system, like say the alternator is, you know, going bad, what it'll do is it knows it has two batteries. So it'll isolate one battery. It'll start running everything off the one battery. It'll let the driver and co-driver know that there's a problem. And then we can decide whether we stop and fix it or we push onto the pit, depending on how far it is. So um, there, there's just so many systems in the car that, that tell you what's going on and, you know, give you the ability to make a choice before it, like, goes dead and leaves you, you know, on the side of the trail. So. I, I had no idea this much tech was, uh, was in these vehicles. It is so interesting. So let me ask you this. Have you thought about uh, maybe contacting SpaceX, getting a, a, a Raptor or something that you can use and actually traveling into space? Get part of the, the space race because all this redundancy <laughs> really reminds me of space travel, you know, because you have to have all this stuff to be able to get to your destination and back. Yeah, well, you know, when you go to a race like uh, King of the Hammers or if you're, you're on the desert side doing like the Baja 1000, you spend so much time and money that, you know, not only to get ready for the race, but to be at the race. And, you know, our pit crew is 50 people, 5-0, oh to gosh. run the car on race day. So just to bring all those people out, feed them, you know, make sure everybody's doing their job. I mean, it's a giant undertaking. So the last thing you want is to, you know, have something stupid go wrong and then you're out of the race. So you really are working hard to try and get everything to get you to the finish line. And, you know, not only for the team, but for the sponsors and, you know, obviously the driver always wants to get to the finish line or win. So, you know, that's that's always what we're pushing for. Well, speaking of uh, not doing stupid things, I want to throw my hat into the ring for it to come out there. Maybe not during the race, but uh, the qualifying thing, I'll be happy to drive it around for you. Because there you go. I have there a I have go. a problem with speed, and that's one of the reasons why I got into trucks and then Jeeps because somebody was going to die. It wasn't going to be me, yeah. <laughs> but somebody was going to be. You know how it is. Yeah, it was, if you if you love if you love speed, <laughs> I do. I've been a motorhead all my life, and you know I needed to do something that was fast but not on the street because that was just trouble. 73 oh. Pontiac Ventura, my first vehicle, I put a 327 in it. Uh, one of the pistons went bad in it. I replaced it. And the first thing I did at 18 years old was take it out on a test drive at 130 miles an hour and ran into the back of a 73 Monte Carlo. And he shouldn't have been, oh, been no. in my lane, frankly. 
I had that lane. It had my name on it, damn it. <laughs> he pulled into the front oh, of me. Did you just not see him, or did you come up on him so fast? I just came up on him so fast. You know, it was like 55 uh, mile per hour, and I was a dumbass. I, there's no way I should have been going by vehicles at that type of closure rate. But, you know, yeah. 18. I did, did I mention I was 18? So, well, yeah, yeah and you're, you're fearless, right? And you, by the way, you wanted to test its worthiness after you just fixed it, right? And it's just, now it's a, such a stupid thing you do. You don't replace a piston and then go out and run it out like a bat out of hell. <laughs> but anyway. Well, when you're 18, you do. Yeah, I know. So, yeah, anyway. <laughs> enough uh, enough bragging. I hope my kids don't hear this. Um, <laughs> yeah, speed is so much fun. Uh, but, uh, yeah, anyway. So, God, that is just so fascinating i have to admit i'm not big in the the racing of jeeps uh but uh, listening to the technical aspects and the things that you have to go through and the support staff that you have to have to do that that is just extremely fascinating now uh yeah so you guys have communication with the vehicle and certainly i'm sure you have uh driver passenger communications yeah. Okay. So that's a, that's an important piece of uh, the crew on race day, by the way. So you're on an intercom that allows a driver and co-driver to talk openly, just like you and I are talking right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, then either the driver or the co-driver can push a button and talk to the race crew. And uh, we've got a central location on race day, which is a, a big trailer that has two giant 100-foot antennas on it. And um, that anytime the car talks, it's talking to what we call main pit. And uh, then main pit relays that to the rest of the crew that's out in the different locations. And, uh, you know, whether it's, we might just be calling in, you know, race mile 10, right? That, that we're at race mile 10. We might be calling in, hey, we smell something. Hey, <laughs> um, we're, coming, we're coming into pit one and we think we need, you know, fluids or we smell, you know, uh, we saw something, you know, loose or, um, you know, we basically, uh, we want water, you know, something, somebody wipe our, our face shields or, you know, you never know, tighten my seatbelts. Like there's, there's all kinds of things um, on race day that uh, you may or may not need. Um, sometimes they'll even hand you parts or, or something for another car because only a driver can help another driver. Okay. So, um, you know, and then what they'll say is, hey, ahead of you up at mile 23, there's a guy on the side of the road, just pitch these out and he'll grab them and put them back on his car. Oh, it's cool. Um, yeah, it's, there's a lot going on. It's, it's really cool. Um, and I always encourage people, like if they're interested in that kind of thing to either volunteer on a team or get a ride with somebody like me where, um, it, things are happening at such a high rate. And, and I would say, you know, you, you could probably uh, toss the car every second you're driving because you're, you're driving at the absolute max of what everything will do, how fast you can react. You're at the maximum capability of the parts. You know, anything could break. I mean, it's just, you know, crazy. <laughs> yeah, when you, see, when you see the guy in the hood uh, with the long robes, with the sickle, you go, oh, okay, I, I, I know what's coming yeah. up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so let me ask you this. I have so many questions about this. Let me ask you this, uh, and I, I swear to God, we'll get on to <laughs> about your stuff that you sell <laughs> here in just a second. This is just so damn interesting. So uh, 
do you do you try and avoid driving over like like when somebody gets stuck on the rocks and and they're in your way and I've seen drivers drive over those vehicles so they can uh, continue on do you do you try to drive over them and in this say pass if you don't want to answer this do you try to drive over them or do you try to go around them well okay so that's that's a good question I I get asked that and about about bumping the other guy so you you've got to be careful on both of those and the reason is um, to drive over somebody, there are so many things sticking out on a, on, you know, because these are basically buggies, right? Right. So there's not a lot of body covering. And uh, what happens is, is a lot of those things that are sticking out are sharp. So you can easily get a flat tire. So you've got to outweigh the, the risk, right? Like, hey, how bad do I need to go over this guy? Is it the only way? Um, same with bumping somebody because... What happens is when you're going, you know, you're off-road, it's not like the cars are just, you know, zipping down a, a runway where everything's perfectly flat. Sure. You know, the, when the car travels up and down, your car could get underneath the other car, and now you're stuck together. Mm-hmm. So there, there's so many things that you've really got to outweigh and make decisions, split-second decisions all day long. Um, and I can tell you, you know, I've had to get by cars that were on the jack or um, in a precarious spot, or whatever the case may be. Um, and it, it is very difficult, uh, because we have had instances where, you know, somebody was trying to winch their car back over, and right as we passed by, you know, it flipped back down and caught our back wheel, so now we were stuck with them. I mean, it's, it's just unbelievable out there. And you, I'll, I'll give you another example. Um, Jordan, my youngest son, was racing this last year, coming down a trail called King's Graveyard. And uh, he says, Dad, you know, if, if the guy in front of me flips over right here, it's in a hole, and I have no options. And I go, no, you do have options. I go, you and your co-driver get out, you take all four wheels off, you lay them on the belly of this car, and you run it over. Oh, okay. Like, like you, you, you have to be so creative that um, so basically, by putting the tires in the middle of the car, that means the drive line's not sticking up, right? And it gives you the ability to get over it without getting hung up. That's really interesting. I wouldn't think that you would be able to do that to another another vehicle, but uh, I certainly see. Yeah, I mean, so that, that's like the rules state: the guys can't be getting in or out as long as they're not getting in or out. You can run them over. So somebody wouldn't get in or out just to to keep you from progressing. I mean, there's there, well, that kind of... There, there is, okay, so say they flipped over, you have to give them a second to get out. And a lot of the times we would, my co-driver would run down there and make sure they're okay. Right. And help them get out. And then, you know, we would do whatever we're going to do. Gotcha. So, yeah, you just want to make sure that they're not going to get pinned or smashed or something, you know, in the process of getting out of the car. Wow, this is really cool. Uh, so the, the other thing that came to mind earlier was... Um, so you're the the co-driver, you're the passenger, and you're looking down at a screen or monitoring stuff. Does do they have to take anything to keep from getting, uh, uh, for lack of a better term, air sickness? Because you yeah, know, actually, that's that's a good question too. Um, it does take a special person to be able to do that. Um, I cannot do that, but like my wife has the ability to like read maps and books and stuff while we're driving. I could never do that. And uh, the guy that I have co-drive with me, he's like, does not get car sick at all. And he can just, you know, look at that stuff all day long. In fact, 
we move the the passenger seat is moved down a few inches um that they don't even get to really look out like they're all they're doing is looking at the gps which has the course map on it so as far as uh, bathroom breaks go are you guys sponsored by depends <laughs> so um every racer either wears a catheter or oh um, something God. like a depends diaper yeah Oh my God! The catheter. Yeah, no, give me a. I'll take. No I'll take two, two depends, please. <laughs> Double layer. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you that thing is your friend because when you got to go and you're bouncing around, it is not good. That is like the most uncomfortable oh, yeah. thing you can imagine. Yeah, I can well imagine. So, um, so and same thing. You can't eat. So um, because your helmet is pushing on your cheeks, so anything you do has to be soft or liquid. So. Um, just can't chew anything. Is or there be chewing the insides of your cheeks? Is there any backup uh, for like uh, for a barf bag or something? Would you have to? I mean, I don't. I wouldn't think bouncing around like that. You wouldn't have much chance to actually get your helmet off, or, or nor would you want to take it off because that's when something um, bad's going to happen. You're you're asking a lot of good questions. So when I give somebody a ride, the first thing I tell them before we take off is if you are going to get sick. I, you know, you're, cause they can hear me on the radio, right? Talking again, just like this, but for some reason say they can't talk cause they're like trying to hold it in. I want them to start smacking me, like hold your hand up, wave it, hold, smack me, whatever. Um, because I do not want that. You know, it's a, I'm loaning them a helmet. I don't want them to barf in one of my helmets. <laughs> so yeah. I will lock it up and give them the ability to like hang their head out the car before I let them barf in there. All right. Well, that makes sense. Um, I've, I've been on dates like that. So that, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, and I would say out of all the rides I've given, which has been hundreds, I've probably had two people that asked me to stop. Like they, they were like, this is just too much. Yeah. You, I never get airsick, and I was on a long cross country with a friend of mine, and I was working the maps, and I was really surprised that looking down so much got me uh, airsick, and I I started spewing foam. Fortunately, I I hadn't had anything to eat that day, uh, otherwise it would have been messy. And uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I mean from that experience and thinking about looking down and bouncing around that much, that would just drive your inner ear and your brain crazy about what you know crazy. where you're going. Looking outside, <laughs> yeah, it, you know, it's fine. Chances are that day you were either dehydrated or hadn't gotten enough sleep. Those are the two things it was that bring that on fast. <laughs> it was the sleep because I never got enough sleep, <laughs> especially since I was excited about going on that uh, that trip in the airplane. I love, I love right. flying. I couldn't sleep. Nah, nah. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's cool. Well, damn it. It's just so damn interesting. I'm going to have to have you back uh, just so we can talk more about this. It's just so oh, yeah. damn fascinating. All day long. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I remember the radio thing I was going to ask is, do you guys use commercials? or is it gmrs or other no it's it's a commercial we have our own channel and uh it's uh private so um nobody can listen or talk on top of us and we use very high powered radios because we're trying to transmit a long way sure. so um that radio communication is really important because not only are is the crew counting on hearing where we are to make sure that we're still moving that they want to know when we're coming to the pit but um, I'm also counting on them to give me information. Like, we have a car approaching you fast, right? Like, they're driving significantly faster or something's happening, right? Or, say, for instance, which is really common at King of the Hammers, there's a, a jam up, right? So there's five cars in Outer Limits or Chocolate Thunder or whatever. Um, 
what will happen is that means that all I need to do is maintain my position. I don't need to push the car and take chances coming into a traffic jam, right? I'm going to be waiting there anyways. So um, it gives us a chance to like start looking at things and reevaluating other things without letting anybody get by us. So all that communication is super important on race day for sure. So how do they know the position of the vehicles? Because this is a long course. Yeah. So um, part of the our race team, some of those 50 people are actually monitoring who comes in and out of every single pit. Uh-huh. And then on top of that, there's a tracker on each car. So the, the guy at our main pit has a screen and he can see us and every other car that's out there. See, I was setting you up for a drone question. Can you can you fly drones out there? Are you watching them through drones? But obviously, the, it's already set up, so you don't have to worry about that. I would imagine the drone um, traffic yeah. alone would, would be crazy. <laughs> so it is. It, in fact, uh, so what happens is, is the media is allowed to fly helicopters and drones. So, and only them. That Everybody else is forbidden from doing that sure. because it would be too many. Oh, yeah. yeah, of course. All right. Well, damn it. See, I keep coming up with these questions. So, let's <laughs> let's switch over to the to the money. Let's talk about Genrite Off-Road at genrite.com. Now, I got to tell you, I say I came so close when I was looking for a winch bumper from a, for the 2021 Jeep Gladiator. I came so close to get in that uh, winch guard. Is it winch guard bar or is that something that goes on there? The, the yeah, aluminum that's a, that's bumper. Yeah, low bar, yeah. The stubby yep. uh, aluminum bumper. And it, yeah, it had to have the, 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 what do we call that, hoop on the front of it. Such a gorgeous yep. bumper and it lets the, the winch sit down really low. Now that XJ that yeah. I had, I have had so much problem with it overheating on the highway. I didn't want to take any chance <laughs> blocking anything in front of the Gladiator to have that same issue. Now, it, it's not a known issue, but I, I didn't want to take any chance. So I wanted to make sure I got uh, a winch bumper that let that uh, worn winch sit very low and not uh, block the grill. And uh, uh, this one, uh, the, is it the winch guard bar or is that is that the whole thing, the whole name of it? That's what I'm looking at on the, yeah. uh, the website. Yeah, it's a, it's a low bar and it's just high enough to block the winch. So what, what commonly happens out on the trail, right, is um, the guy in front of you doesn't realize you're there. They're focused on the obstacle in front of them, and they're backing up and stuff, and they always end up backing into your Jeep. Um, so I, I learned a long time ago that you've got to somehow protect that winch and or the grill, mm-hmm. right, from, you know, the guy's spare tire or his bumper or whatever's coming at you. Um you know, and typically they're not going fast, but it's enough to like bump it, right? And, right. and uh, would otherwise, you know, completely mess them up. So um, a lot of, and, you know, and this I, I think is what I was talking about before, is everything that I've designed for all the products and I'm responsible for everything we offer um, is function first. And then we work on the aesthetics, you know, because I want to make sure that it's the strongest, lightest, it achieves all of the, everything that you need, right? The right toe points, not, you know, in the um, airflow, you know, wh- whatever it might be. If it's a, a rocker, you know, that it has the right amount of protrusion from the body to keep the windshield frame off. Um, if it's a bumper, that it has the best approach and departure angle. You know, all those kinds of things are um, super important. Where um, I feel a lot of other companies, you know, come up with some, cool looking design but the function's not as good so that's one of the things that sets us apart so uh, looking here at the uh, the genrite.com website uh, just if you do a shop by vehicle 
They've got uh, Jeep Gladiator, Jeep JK, Jeep YJ, uh, Jeep JL and JLU, Jeep TJ, Jeep CJ, Jeep JKU, Jeep JL, and the Jeep XJ. And God bless XJ. you for having the XJ stuff. <laughs> it's yeah, the red. Um, one of the one of the things that's super popular for the XJs is our gas tank. So we make a thirty gallon oh, gas wow. tank with a nice three sixteenths skid on it that mounts beautifully in there, and uh, that's been a really popular thing for the XJ guys. Now I got to take you to task on something. I'm looking at a Genrite laser cut uh, Jeep grill fire pit large. It yeah. is it is yeah. bad mojo to ever put uh, fire on anything that looks like a Jeep. <laughs> You're asking for trouble. <laughs> Hey, that's the only place that it is acceptable to have fire, yes. <laughs> but it's a symbol. I should put a little extinguisher or holder on there. Exactly. That would be funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I see people selling these things, and I always give them a hard time about that. You should never set any kind of uh, uh, god ab- emblem or idol or anything on fire that's going to come back and haunt you. <laughs> uh, that's funny. I, I I will purposely set a fire extinguisher next to it. The next, and we just we were just on a four day overland trip, uh-huh. so. Um, um, I got some pictures of the fire pit being used, but I'll set a fire extinguisher there next time and take a picture of it and send it to you just so you feel better. About yeah, that. so attach a little uh, a little fire extinguisher, a little makeshift fake fire extinguisher to one side of it and a, a 10 millimeter socket on the other. Then uh, you would have the you'd have the trifecta at that point. Oh my goodness. <laughs> So, awesome. so I mean, the, I mean, give give folks a quick rundown on all the things that you guys. I mean, I know we don't have a, an hour and a half because you have so many things here, but the, the maybe the big sellers, the things that people are most interested in. I want to make sure that uh, our listeners know that if they don't already know Genrite dot com and Genrite Off Road, that and that's one of the reasons why I went through the Jeep so that they would know, especially if they're CJ lovers. And you know, CJ parts aren't easy to find. It's, it's not. No, in fact, they're really hard. People yeah. stop making. Even you know, YJ, even TJ. Yeah. Like they they've just given up on that stuff. And uh, we still have a full line of all those parts. So so let's talk about that. I started out with gas tanks. So um, what I found was everybody that puts a bigger axle in immediately hits the gas tank. So. Um, I knew there was a demand or a, or a need for people to get a, a different shape or a different size or whatever gas tank. So I started with that. Then um, I did fenders, rockers, bumpers, uh, corner guards. Um, then we went on to roll cages. We were off a really nice, you know, it's all laser cut and mitered and, you know, uh, mandrel bent, all DOM tubing. The thing puzzles together really nicely and it's super easy to weld. Um, so that's a nice kit for, for each of the Jeeps. We do that for every Jeep. Um, what else have I got? Oh, and then, of course, you know, I've got um, aluminum dashes, aluminum center consoles. Uh, we do, you know, seat mounts, and obviously we sell a lot of the complementary products like, you know, seats, PRP seats, or, um, you know, if we're talking about suspension, we do, you know, King Shocks and some of that. And we do, by the way, do our own long travel coilover suspension for all of these. In fact, uh, we've got three different models now. I've got our original Legend suspension, then I've got our Elite suspension, we've got our Tracer suspension, and now we have our EXS for the JL and the Gladiator, which is a super high-end. In fact, it includes a whole new frame. So um, we're, we're, we're going like crazy. I mean, we've, we've got um, tons and tons. And then, you know, of course, we do all kinds of little parts 
Um, you know, we do our own LED tail lights and we do um, some dash plates, you know, to like mount a radio and um, just all kinds of little, you know, license plate holders and, you know, you, basically anything you need for a Jeep, we've got it. it and you can see it like you were doing just on our website. So, so I'm thinking yeah. the help around there says, boss, please stop. That's enough. well i've got uh 75 new products in the pipeline right now wow so yeah there there's plenty going on and and by the way that's that's even for the older jeeps so i still have new parts i'm working on for the cjs and yjs and tjs and all the way up to the you know new jeeps so yeah there's there's plenty going on and um we sell you know tires wheels you know curry and dynatrack axles I mean, I, I sell even like little stuff like air downs, you know, to air down your tires. So right. It's it's all over the place. Everything from you know four dollars ninety nine cents on up. So. Oh yeah, covered everything. I mean, that's what you want is you want everybody coming to Genrite because they know they can get anything that they need right there in that one place. You know, capture that uh, yeah. capture that customer. Yeah. So the difference with us is that I only sell or offer the public the parts that I am willing to use myself. And I live, eat, and breathe off-roading. So um, I've proven out these things. I've already weeded through the sea of garbage, you know, from <laughs> China and elsewhere. Right. And I'm, I'm only using the good stuff. So when you come here, you're not going to see a huge variety. It's going to be the thing. And, and that's why we, we offer just that one. Oh, and I did want to mention uh, all of your products are uh, made in the U.S., the U.S. of A. Yep. Yep, so, that's right. Right here, that. in fact. Um, so we've got a facility here um, where we do all the design, development, uh, production, warehousing, and distribution all from here. So you are in California, correct? Yeah, probably the most expensive place to do business in the country. I was, I was just going to say, when, you, when are you moving the corporate headquarters to Texas? Yeah, I know we've <laughs> talked about it, but um, it's it's just such a disruption in business. Oh, of know? course it is. Yeah. I mean, you've got a and, whole thing uh, working there. That would be a nightmare. You know, and, and quite frankly, you know, the, the welders that I've got here are aerospace quality people, mm-hmm. and, you know, because there's so much aerospace right here in Southern California. So um, those guys would be really hard to replace. So. Well, well, I'm just being uh, a persnickety here because I would just like to come over there and hang out and look at all the stuff. That's just, that's the reason why I want you to come to Texas. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> I've been to lots of events out in Texas. That's for sure. So yeah, actually, we're having an event in uh, in June, June fourth. At uh, I don't know if you've been to uh, uh, Hidden. Uh, Hidden Falls Adventure Park or not, uh, I've been going there quite a bit uh, since I got the Gladiator, and just a beautiful place. I mean, it doesn't compare to, to Big Bear Lake, California, uh, but, you know, for three-hour drive instead of a 24-hour drive, it's 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 nice. <laughs> Pretty nice, yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, oh, and, and before I forget, uh, you actually have a little something for our, our listeners, and we just got so busy uh, talking about all kinds of Jeep crap before we started, I didn't get a chance to mention to you uh, what we do here. So what we do when we have a, a giveaway, uh, a, a, a vendor like yourself that's doing a giveaway, we say uh, we, we get the vendor to pick um, a caller number because we have people call into our voicemail, and they have to be that caller number. I always recommend uh, 1 through 10 uh, for, for a number, but you can pick any number you like. And then uh, after that, we'll uh, come up with a phrase that they have to say when they call in. And if they don't say the phrase or the word, then we move on to the next uh, the next one that had called in. 
So um, okay. tell, tell the folks what, uh, what it is that you want to uh, uh, give to them tonight. So we've got, we just came out with a brand new product not long ago. It's our new LED taillight. And um, it, it has built-in backup lights, built-in side marker lights. It can be flush mounted. It can be recessed. Um, it's very thin and uh, beautifully manufactured. And it, it, like I say, it's brand new. So um, our keyword is the name of this product. And I was going to pick number four okay. and come up with the, the buzz name of this product um, would win the satellites. And these, these would retail, um, including shipping, for about 300 bucks. So oh, wow. It's a nice That is nice. nice. Very nice. And thank you for, so much for that, uh, making it available for our, for our listeners. So you've got to be caller number, and you correct me on this if I got this wrong, you have to be caller number four, and when you call in, you're going to have to say the word matrix. Don't say blue pill, red pill matrix. Just say matrix. <laughs> now somebody, yep. now somebody's going to say red, blue. What is it? Red, blue, red pill, blue pill matrix? <laughs> Sorry, that's wrong. And I didn't know if you were going to tell them what it was or if they had to go to the website and figure it out. No, no. They have to listen to the show. You know, we, we, that's, okay, that's how we get okay, them. there you go. They, they learn the hard way. They got to listen. And, they have to, and if they want to get in on the actual giveaway, they got to listen quickly. Uh, like when we uh, when we published the episode, so that that always helps to right. get, get it the fastest way because possible. Be gone. Yes, that's right. Exactly. Ah, Tony, it's such a great interview. Thank you so much for coming in here. Uh, I, I all my little technical stuff just got all sharp, and all these questions came out, and it's just just fascinating. And it's got to be so much fun, and what a blessing not only to be able to. Uh, employ the number of people that you employ, but just the people out on, on race day. I mean, uh, that's got to be so cool and a great feeling to to have all these people around you. And uh, I think it's it's something, and, 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 and sons that are taking part in it too. I think that's kind of like the, the holy grail for a dad to have a business uh, and uh, have your, your sons involved in it. So uh, I don't know if they're involved in the business, but they're certainly involved in the racing, which has got to... Uh, they, they are. In fact, I was I was going to mention that, that, you know, this is privately owned family business. Both my boys work here as well as my wife. And uh, yeah, it is a proud moment. I mean, they're, they're, these boys uh, build their own stuff and uh, they're, they're doing awesome. So it, it's a real pleasure to have them here every day. So you're a president and figurehead because your wife obviously runs the place. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no matter no she matter what the CFO. truth is. Yeah. yeah. No matter what the truth <laughs> is there, Tony, just say yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so you know how the kids love the social media these days. Uh, are you are you guys on social media? And, and other than going to genright.com website, where where else can people find you guys? Uh, you know, popular is Facebook and I do uh, a live tech talk every Wednesday at five PM. Pacific Standard Time, and that's an hour-long program. Um, we also are active on uh, Instagram and Twitter as well. So, well, you got to get on the TikTok. Uh, you know, TikTok's big. They're uh, they they cost uh, Facebook what three hundred and forty billion dollars. Yeah, I've done a couple of those. I've, I'm I'm not in charge of our social media, thankfully. I've got a person that that's their full time job. Oh, when because it's it's become that, you know. Yeah, when the the, the people are, are racing out on uh, King of the Hammers uh, for you, your sons and, and stuff. Do, does do either one of them take the the social media, the the selfies for social media posts while they're you know driving at 120 miles an hour with their their head on I, fire? I don't know that they've done that, but. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's a great marketing ploy. I have ploy. seen that done. I have seen that done. <laughs> well, Tony, yeah, thank you be- so much for joining with us. And I'm serious. I got to have you back because I got about 50 billion more questions about okay, uh, King of the Hammers. Yeah. And I'm sure I'm sure you have a great wealth of information that's not King of the Hammers related that uh, I can pick apart uh, all kinds of things. Uh, sure. So, yeah, like I say, we just came back from a, a five-day overland trip. So, you know, plenty, plenty going on. That's for sure. <laughs> it sounds like it. What a great life. Well, Tony, thanks again, yeah. and uh, have a great night. All right. Thank you. Hey, thanks again to Tony Pellegrino for taking the time to talk about genright.com. Wow, what an interesting, interesting guy. And uh, he's got his kids involved in this uh, off-road racing, too. And I'm sure they're enjoyed. Uh, I'm sorry, enjoyed. I'm sure they're uh, included in the uh, the genright.com business. Uh, have, have you been over to genright.com recently, Chris? No, not recently, but I have uh, visited many times in the past. Well, the correct answer, and especially if Tony's listening to this, would be yes, I was just on the site. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was just on the site. There of you go. There you go. That's exactly what you should say. <laughs> well, it was really fun uh, talking to Tony and learned a lot of stuff. And that's that's always exciting for me. I, 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 I mean, I like knowing things, but I'm not, um, I don't have to know it all. it's so much fun to learn stuff and it's so much fun to find out when you were uh, you thought you knew it and you were wrong about something Uh, that has yet to happen of course uh, to my my wife's uh, dismay Uh, (laughs) mine too surprisingly (laughs) so but it's uh, it's always fun getting new information hey do you have an idea for a guest do you work in the off-road industry or does uh, or you know someone who does or maybe you would like to be a guest on the jeep talk show go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact right now and share your idea for our next guest hey and coming up next week jim kinson not kinison that would be a great interview though jim kinson uh from adventure off-road driving school hey tony let's do a giveaway oh well um I guess we can. We, uh, um, yeah, we can do a, a Midland Radio giveaway because uh, they're up for it. It's about time for them. And, and I, I guess you guys know that it's not a one-and-done type thing with these vendors. We're we're doing multiple giveaways with our vendors. And uh, we've done already done one Midland uh, uh, RadioUSA.com giveaway. Sure, let's do another one. Um, well, let's see. Midland Radio is the largest and most trusted radio brand in North America. As pioneers in CB, weather radio, and GMRS technology, Midland Radio has been constantly moving the industry forward since 1959. In 2020, Midland became the official communication sponsor of Jeep Jamboree and uh, brought forth GMRS technology as the new standard in communication for off-roading and overlanding enthusiasts. And we certainly like uh, helping them uh, move that along here with uh, the Jeep Talk Show, recommending to you, uh, the listener, to get GMRS radio before your next off-road adventure, your next trail ride. Midland Radio can, uh, USA.com can be found at their website, MidlandUSA.com, or on various social media platforms with the handle uh, at sign midlandusa.com chris i'm just so damn happy they're not calling the at sign something different now you know like they did with the pound sign and the uh, hashtag yes absolutely i would just, i would have to draw the line there i'm afraid and in our ongoing giveaways with multiple vendors midlandusa.com is giving away the latest in the midlandusa.com gmrs line of mobile radios and this one is perfect for the limited installation limited installation space in our jeeps 
Midland MXT575. The Midland MXT575 Micromobile GMRS two-way radio features a fully integrated control microphone, ideal for vehicles with limited dashboard space, allowing the radio base unit to be stashed away. With 50 watts of broadcasting power, this radio is the most powerful GMRS radio allowed by law. The MXT575 is the perfect vehicle communication for off-roaders, overlanders, farmers, RV owners, and outdoor and power sport enthusiasts. And Chris, you know, this one is the the, the latest one that they came out with, that uh, that one that uh, I believe was Steve-O that was really wanting to get one of these things, the uh, MXT275, which is basically the uh, GMS radio that's all in the hands, the, the microphone portion of the radio, all the display, all the controls, and uh, the, the main radio part is just a little brick that you can mount anywhere. You don't actually have to have it someplace where you can see the display on the front of it because there is no display. It's, it's all in the microphone. So this is why I think it works out so good uh, for for Jeeps and really any small uh, vehicle that you'd like to have GMRS in. Because uh, you remember, you, you you can't you don't just have to use this off road. You can use it from vehicle to vehicle communication or uh, vehicle to uh, home like base. Uh, operation so you could uh, uh, talk to your kids you could talk to your your wife or uh, you you could talk to your spouse if she's running down to the store and uh, have that instant communication uh, just within uh, you know five six seven and, and with repeaters uh, up to 30 40 miles away so uh, I think this is a great alternative to cell phones and especially when you're in situations where uh, the cell network is overwhelmed or maybe it's uh, down because of uh, some natural uh, disasters, weather, fire, especially out in California. It seems like they have big fire events uh, almost every year in California. Yes, and what I like is, as you mentioned, everything is in the microphone. You can hide the microphone, much like if folks remember in the early 90s, the, the radios with the removable faceplates too for security. So I, I believe the MXT575 gives a, a measure of security when you're not in the vehicle. Maybe you've got the top and doors off your Jeep Wrangler or CJ and you just hide it away in the glove box or lockbox. Oh, that's a very good point. Yeah, center console there, sure. So to win this MidlandUSA.com MXT575 GMRS radio, you will need to call our voicemail line. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact to find the number. Call in and leave us a voicemail. Say anything you like in that voicemail, <laughs> but don't forget the phrase that pays. And that phrase is Midland Radio, drive the wave. The listener that is the 37th caller to correctly say the phrase will win this great GMRS radio from MidlandUSA.com. Remember, you can only call in once for this giveaway, and you must say the phrase correctly and accurately that one time. You must be 18 years of age or older. Your mailing address must be in the continental United States. You may only call in once per giveaway. Any required word or phrase must be said exactly and completely the first time. Your call must include your caller ID. One chance to win per individual per giveaway. All these rules must be followed unless otherwise stated. Failure to follow these rules will disqualify you from being eligible for the giveaway. We will contact you with a text message at the number you called from. Good luck, Jeeper. That's caller 37, and the phrase that pays again is Midland Radio, drive the wave. It's very easy to sign up for our newsletter. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and you'll find a link to click and sign up. And don't worry, 
it's as just as easy to unsubscribe as it is to subscribe oh my god chris why would they unsubscribe i mean once you're there you would be like uh i made it i'm finally here it's like people moving to texas and steve-o's rolling his eyes it's like people moving (laughs) to texas it's like oh my god why did i get here sooner exactly (laughs) all right well uh that's all we have for the jeep talk show some may say it's enough that's all we have for the jeep talk show here the here for now uh, jeeper uh until our next show be sure and follow us on the TikTok or the tic tac as i like to say and as always thank you for listening to the world's most downloaded jeep podcast i'm guessing since 2010